BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, I can't believe we're talking about yet another soap death, but we are. And I'm just so sad to report that Ben Masters, who played Julian on Passions, passed away at the age of 75. Now, Ben had been suffering from dementia, but ultimately it was complications from COVID that brought about his death. Um, we spoke to several actors who worked with Ben, and I just love the story that Daisy's Eric Martsoff told us. Uh, so he played Ethan on Passions, and he shared that when he was trying to figure out how to wrap his mind around the general lunacy, in his words, of the love triangle he was playing, he went to Ben and kind of talked it out. And Ben said to him, son, stop reading the script so carefully, read your paycheck. And I just think that is amazing and tells us so much about the man that Ben was. Julian was probably my favorite character on Passions, and that had so much to do with Ben's portrayal. It's kind of a cliche to say that someone had a twinkle in their eye, but Ben certainly did. And when I think about like the zest and humor he brought to Julian, it makes me think of something Roger Howarth, who plays Austin on GH, uh, said to me once, which is that he feels like if the actor is having fun, it invites the audience to do the same. Ben as Julian is such a great example of that. I only met him once, uh, I think at a daytime Emmys party or something, but I remember so vividly how he was like everything I could have wanted him to be. He was he was charming, he was warm, and I will certainly remember him with great fondness. Here, here. Uh, now, there is some big news coming from Young and the Restless. Vail Bloom, who played Paul's daughter, Heather Stevens, from 2007 to 2010, is coming back in February. And she will not be alone. Lily Brooks O'Brien has been cast as Daniel's daughter, Lucy. Uh, now, Vail was the first of three Heathers as an adult. We saw Emmy winners Eden Regal, who played All My Children's Bianca, and Jen Landon, who played As the World Turns as Gwen, subsequently assumed the role. But, you know, they never really took off. I mean, even just based on type, the women are also very different. So I'm curious to see how they're going to write Heather when she comes back. But I hope we get an opportunity to podcast with Vale because I want to hear all about her experience on Vanderpump Rules, a uh -huh. show on Bravo that I love. Uh, now, also on YNR, Tracy Bregman is celebrating 40 years as Lauren Fenmore Baldwin. We have an interview with her in the new issue, and the show is planning a special Lauren-centric episode that will air next week. Look for Zach Tinker to return as Fen and Judith Chapman to log more episodes as Gloria. And YNR isn't the only show with a big week ahead. Uh, on days, Marlena dies uh, on B&B. Brooke confronts Bill and Sheila after finding out about their scandalous involvement. And speaking of scandalous involvements, GH's Cameron finds out that Jocelyn cheated on him with Dex. We're also going to see Denise Crosby's Carolyn, Liz's mom, uh, back on the canvas. She seeks out her daughter to try to make amends for the questionable choices she made back in 1997 that are still haunting Liz to this day. So I got to talk to Denise about this, and I so enjoyed my conversation with her. Uh, her best-known role is this Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation, where she worked with Jonathan Frakes, who is married to Ginny Francis, Laura, and she told me such a fun story which is that she was actually with Jonathan at a Star Trek convention when she got the offer to do GH. She saw it on her phone. She ran over to him and showed him. And he immediately called Jeannie and put the two of them on the phone. And Jeannie said, oh, my God, you must do it. 
And uh, not only does she have that fun connection to the GH cast, she also knows Finola Hughes, Anna, from when she guest starred on the series that Finola did in the early 1990s called Jack's Place. In the episode that Denise appeared in, her character was married to a man played by George Clooney, might I add. Uh, But she told me that she had a really warm reunion with both of these legendary women on the GH set. Oh, I love these stories. Uh, Now I have to make a special note about a feature in our new issue. Uh, Meredith Berlin, the former editor-in-chief of Soap Opera Digest, who hired me back in 1990, thank you, Meredith, has written a novel called Friends with Issues. So I read it in one sitting. It's about three women in their 40s who share a connection to one man. It's out everywhere on January 24th, and I highly recommend it. Now, our guests today are no strangers to viewers of Soaps or Hallmark. It's Allison Sweeney and Lacey Chabert, who are part of the Wedding Veil trilogy on the network. So let's get them on the line and hear all about the third installment, Wedding Veil Journey, which will air on January 21st. Hi, Allie. Hi, Lacey. Hi there. Hi, Steph. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. Well, I am so excited that we are talking to you today. I think you both know I am a huge Wedding Veil fan. I have watched the first two. They are amazing. I am super psyched for the third one tomorrow. Um, But before we get there, we're going to go back in time a little. And we're going to start with the fact that you both shared the distinction of being child actresses. So Lacey, let's start with you. How did you get into show business? Um, Yeah, I started professionally acting when I was about seven years old. And I just love performing. I mean, before that, I would be singing in church and I was in pageants as a kid growing up in the South in the 80s. That's what everyone did. And I was just like my sisters and I would make up shows and routines and do them in our living room. And I just always knew I wanted to perform. I didn't understand what that meant really as a kid, of course. So my family and I moved to New York City when I was seven and for many different reasons. And I got an agent and started auditioning for commercials and did a commercial. My first one was a cough syrup commercial. And I remember having to act very sick. And then at the end of the shoot, they gave me a box of free cough syrup. And I thought that was so exciting because it was free stuff. (laughs) It was my first swag bag, right? (laughs) And then from then on out, I did, you know, um, other things. I did a television movie. I was finally in Les Miserables on Broadway. I did (gasps) my children for a short while. And I just fell in love with telling stories and here we are. Mm-hmm. What about you, Allie? What was your like path into the biz? Well, I grew up in LA, so I was sort of lucky enough to be able to dabble in acting from when I first had the same feeling Lacey did. I wanted to perform. Um, I was a big show off in preschool and my preschool teacher told my mom, like, wow, she loves, she's so outgoing. She would be good at auditioning because, of course, the preschool teacher wanted to be an actress. And so my mom sort of thought, like, it was a lark and sort of funny. And I think had, like, a little competitive spirit with my aunt, whose children, my cousins were, like, did, a like, a Ralph Lauren print ad one time. And, um, and so she just took me to an audition and she told me if I was nice to the grownups and did with it, whatever they said, like, or whatever, you know, showed off a little, she told me to sparkle. That was the thing. They go in there and sparkle. And then she said, I might get a pony. And I was like, boom, I'm in, I'll do it, whatever. And, uh, I went in and it was for a Kodak commercial, which of course kids today, these kids today probably don't even know what that is. Um, but yeah, I got the job. I was four years old and I did a Kodak commercial. And from then on, I just wanted to do it. I loved it. I did some community theater in LA when I was a kid. And like, I would just sit there and watch the grownups rehearse all the time. I just never wanted to leave. I wanted, wanted to be like them. And, um, I did a bunch of like little, I did a ton of auditions when I was young and a ton of commercials. And then I started doing episodic. I was like in all those 80s shifts, like Webster and Simon and Simon and St. Elsewhere. And, uh, and then my dad was like, but seriously, nobody makes a living as an actor. You have to like go to college and be normal. And I was like, well, but you know, I don't want those, those casting directors to not remember me. So I went on one more audition and it was for days of our lives. And I was 16 years old and, uh, I got it. I got, I got the job and, uh, and I guess the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Well, Lacey, as you mentioned, you did play Cosette on Broadway in Les Mis. Oh, it's my favorite ever. I have to interrupt mine, mine, mine too. I can sing the whole libretto if we had time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Allie and I too. So when we, when we discovered, I'm sorry to interrupt, but when we discovered oh. that we had this like 
kindred love for lame is like every time either one of us were singing it or watching it we end up texting each other <laughs> well i was gonna say the best. we're me on the fans. thread yeah i was gonna say we're all fans but mara and ali i mean i know this from both of them <laughs> big fans okay so what do you remember about just that experience and being on broadway every night and, and performing I could talk about this all day, so I'll try to keep it short, but I have such a, there are such fond memories for me of being a part of the show. And like, it, it, I love talking about it because it's not something that I actually do talk about a lot in interviews. And, and it was just a, a magical, like two and a half years. I think I did the show, you know, my mom would drop me off. The other kids were there. We had this wonderful chaperone named Jim, who is forever close to my heart and made such an impact on my life. And he would watch us backstage along with everyone else. And it was a lot of responsibility for a nine-year-old kid. You know, you had to listen for your cue. You had to get yourself dressed. You had to know where to go to get mic'd and go on stage. And, you know, we did our own makeup partially. Like it was, it was a lot looking back and I just loved it. Like all we did was play backstage until it was time to go on. And then we play on stage and it was just this magical thing. And I'll never forget. I played young Eponine and young Cosette and did that. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of times. But on my 10th birthday, I was the understudy for Gavroche. And I was so excited for you to tell this story. <laughs> I might faint. <laughs> on my 10th, I hadn't quite finished learning the choreography because you go to understudy rehearsal. Of course, I knew the music because I had heard the show so many times backstage, but I didn't know the choreography. And he has a lot of choreography. He climbs the barricades. He has this huge, dramatic, tragic death scene. And so on my 10th birthday, I walk in with a tray of cupcakes that my mom had made for me to have with the kids backstage. She drops me off. This is before cell phones. And the stage manager, Mary Beth, comes running over, another woman who is still so close to my heart. And she's like, Michael and Brian are sick. You have to go on. And so on my 10th birthday, I went on as Gavroche. I didn't even know the choreography. The wonderful cast was just like telling me where to go, when to stand, when to climb over the barricade, what to do. And I just remember the excitement of that and like the fearlessness. And yes, I was nervous, but it was more just like so excited for this opportunity. And I, I feel like I try to remember that moment now as an adult so often, because if that happened to me now, I would, I'd, I'd faint. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Just out of sheer. Yeah. But it was such a valuable lesson and it was just something I'll never forget. That's absolutely amazing. So Allie, at the time that you were doing all these shows in the 80s, were you ever on a show that like you yourself watched on primetime or were a fan of? And what was that like to be on sets of familiar shows? Um, I, I, to be honest, my parents weren't big on me watching a lot of TV when I was younger. So I guess like the big one would be um, I got to do a TV series with Barbara Eden. Uh, you know, it was only like six, eight episodes or whatever. They didn't pick up the back nine, but, um, uh, but I of course knew her from like, I dream of Jeannie and I used to watch Nick at night, like all the time. So I was super starstruck to meet her and that was really cool. And, uh, but, but for the most part, I didn't have that sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm working with people I love until I auditioned for Days of Our Lives. I was like the biggest fan of the show. Uh, I was doing this like summer theater program and this girl was like, do you watch days of our lives? And I, you know, of course I had to lie and say, Oh yeah, sure. Uh, but then I had to go home and like watch it so that I could talk to her about it. And then uh, of course I was immediately addicted. Um, and so then when I got to audition with Patrick Muldoon, like I turned as pink as the shirt I am wearing right now, I was so embarrassed. It's so nervous. I had such a crush on him. Uh, it was, and I, and Steve Wyman said to me for years, like you got the job because you turned as red. Like, I mean, you were, it was so sincere. You were so nervous to me. And it was so cute. <laughs> um, now Lacey, you of course have your own soap experience. And it was, as I recall, while you were doing Les Mis, you also then were cast as Bianca on all my children. So first of all, what do you even remember about that experience of joining a soap and having a day job while having a night job? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that many episodes. I don't remember how many I did exactly, but I just remember everyone being so nice and being so impressed that people remembered so many lines. <laughs> and it was really my first experience with having to remember dialogue like that and very quickly. And um, all of these things, I think, were such amazing training for, you know, being in live theater and learning tons of dialogue on the soap. Like, it's just so, so good for you. Um, I remember Susan Lucci was really, really sweet 
Um, the storylines, I think Bianca was in a, a horse riding accident and I remember doing a hospital scene and I, I just was like amazed that Kelly Ripa was on the show and she was so nice to me. And I just remember it being like a really fun place. I was really excited when they would call and it was time for me to do an episode. You know, what's interesting about both of those careers you had, um, or jobs that you had when you were young, Lacey is like, those are both where they don't have real time to like be accommodating to kids. You know, soaps are like a machine. You got to go. Like, you got to know your lines and be prepared. And the same is true on stage. Um, I can only imagine on Broadway. Like, nobody has time for you to be a kid and to be nervous or late or have a runny note. Like, it's it's all so professional. And I think, like, a lot of the other stuff that we do, you know, when we do these homework movies with kids, you're, there's a lot more leniency or uh, awareness of a kid. Whereas these were both, those are both, like, <laughs> you better know your stuff and be ready to go, which is sort of interesting. You're absolutely right. I think it taught me the work ethic that I have today. Like the show must yeah. always go on. Obviously right. there, there's humanity in it and people are kind <laughs> and like, you know, everyone takes care of each other and life happens and that's what's most important. But deep down, like, I think it is the reason I, you know, I'm always 20 minutes early if I can be, <laughs> and I'm always prepared. And cause I just understand what it is to be a part of something. You're a part of that team. Yeah. A team. Don't like do your part. Then everything else is everyone else is affected negatively. So I, I'm really thankful right. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Allie, I have to say too, it's, if it's okay, like watching you on days, like for so long and especially my sisters, we were all such fans and my oh. sister, Wendy would always speak. So like, she was so excited that we were going to do these movies together because you oh. were her favorite. And so it's just like always, she's like, oh my gosh, Sammy. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, I, love that. And I, Dave, love it. I mean, it was like something that we also watched, like, you know, when we were home sick from school or something, and we would be so excited to get to watch the soaps. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And, and I would be so people's lives for so long. But like when I would watch, I, if my brothers like changed the channel on the VCR, so like didn't record, I would lose my mind on them. Like <laughs> it, 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 I just came home every day, like around that VHS tape and got so ready to watch like, Oh, I, I totally, I totally, I, and I, and I still feel that way. I mean, people say that to me all the time. Like, Oh, I grew up watching or I had a child the same time you did. Like it's, it does feel very much like, um, you shared a part of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You did. Well, Allie, you actually were, um, prior to playing Sammy on days as a young Adrian. Uh, so you were like more comparable to Lacey's age, uh, when she was on all my children. But what do you remember about, uh, playing a young Judy Evans uh, before <laughs> Sammy came along. So I, I remember the storyline. It was, um, I had to tell some story about my dad doing something terrible to me or something. And uh, it was in a hospital. No, it was not a hospital. It was like a bedroom. Like I was on a bed of some kind. And um, mostly what I remember is that my cousin at that time, you know, so that would have been the eight, early 80s. My cousin was a huge Days of Our Lives fan. And I asked McDonald Carey for his autograph and I got it for her. Uh, in the script in the in the rehearsal hall where like all the actors would hang out. Um, but I, but I don't, I mean, gosh, I, and I do remember that like I had lines to learn and I was on time and I knew my lines and like, it was all very, no one was kidding around. No one was like, Oh, Oh, what's the little kid want to do? <laughs> Um, well, Lacey, one of your next big jobs as a child was one of my favorite shows of all time, Party of Five. Um, so you played Claudia Salinger uh, very memorably. Um, and that show really resonated with so many people. As a, like, Did you even know that it was so popular or that it was becoming a big deal when you were on it? You know, that's an interesting question because I feel like when you're on something and you're in the middle of it, you don't really see it from the outside in. You just go to work and have this amazing experience and you know, it was, I mean, the show really struggled too in the beginning. I remember it was, you know, every, I think in the beginning it was on Monday nights and then it moved to Wednesdays. But anyway, whatever night it was on the next day on set, it'd be like, oh gosh, what were the ratings? And, you know, I think it was on the cover of, I think it was TV guide. Forgive me if I'm mistaking this. It was like the best show you're not watching. And, and it was, people loved it, but it took a while for it to find its audience. And all I knew was I loved being there. I mean, that cast and the crew, you become a family. I mean, it was seven days to film an episode. We did 144 episodes total. It's unusual to have that kind of experience, especially nowadays. 
And, you know, it was six years of my life spent with people from morning till night, five days a week, nine months out of the year. And I went to school on set. I mean, I was 11 to 17 during the show. So, so much of those are like really pivotal, pivotal years. And so much of I am who, of who I am today, I feel like is really a reflection of, of everyone's influence on me during that time. And, you know, we just had fun together and we had so much fun on a very serious show. Like it was very serious storylines. There was a lot of tragedy and um, there were a lot of crying. Um, the tagline that the producers would always tell us affectionately was tears would not be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> like if you need, if you want to cry in this scene, if you're feeling it, tears would not be. Inappropriate. That's and I, funny. It was an interesting experience to grow up as the character and also be doing that in real life. And sometimes Claudia was going through things that I had yet to experience, you know, like kissing a boy. And, um, but I, Oh gosh, isn't that the most embarrassing, mortifying, oh mortifying to, to have scenes like that. And you haven't had it, but especially as an actor, you sort of don't have the opportunity to like have normal experiences like that. Cause you're on set with adults all the time. So you have to play it out in front of the cameras. Oh, so and everyone knows it too. So the whole crew is watching when we shot that one scene, they're like, Oh, it's our first kiss. Everyone's like, just staring and I was like so nervous and had butterflies in my stomach and it's funny for me to go back and see some of those some of those episodes mm -hmm. well there's another connection there Claudia being a violinist Allie grew up as a violinist correct so yes another I, interesting little connection to share we talked about that a little bit while we were filming the wedding bell I feel like it's fun because some of these stories are like actually things Lacey and I have bonded over in real life over a glass of wine we um talked about practicing the violin and I actually had to play the violin in that TV show I told you about with Barbara Eden. And, um, uh, it's just a funny thing to, <laughs> to, to, to practice and do on TV when you're doing it in real life. It's such a funny thing that you guys are talking about. I've heard other people who kind of grew up on soaps talking about like you have your first kiss in real life and in the show and you remember them both. You remember a lot of firsts, both fictionally and in real life. And it's just such an, it's a very unique thing. So Allison Sweeney, when you began at Days as Sammy, um, kind of similarly with, um, with Lacey, as her show gained in popularity, I feel like you were part of an era that a lot of eyes were on Days and Sammy was such a huge part of that. How aware were you of the impact that you were making on that canvas? Um, not at all. Uh, it doesn't feel like that at days. It's such a uh, ensemble cast and you just feel like you're part of a whole and there's, um, so much work to do that you, that you're just trying to get through the day, you know, like you just have to memorize your lines and do your scenes and pull your weight and, uh, not slow anyone down. And that's sort of the kinds of things you're thinking about. Um, just trying to do your part as, as well as you can. And I give Ken Corday a lot of credit for that, that he encouraged an atmosphere and Drake and Deidre, I think too, like really get credit for creating an atmosphere of, um, of an ensemble where no one felt like they were really like the star or in some way separate from the group. Um, and, uh, but I will say, I do have a funny story, which I'm sure you both have heard, you've all heard before, but, um, my first kiss on day or before I even had a first kiss on days, I had a scene with Christy Clark playing my sister, teaching me how to kiss a boy. And in the scene I had to, she told me to Carrie tells Sammy to practice kissing on her hand and so I am kissing my hand and six weeks later I am in school because I was still going to regular high school and the VCR for like whatever history video we were going to watch um, failed or broke or whatever. And so the teacher's like, I'll be right back. And it's at 1230 and the kids are all like, oh, let's see what's happening on Days of Our Lives. They turn it on and I kid you not. It, it unbelievably like in a sitcom, I can't believe this is happening. It's the scene before that scene is on the TV. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I had to watch that whole scene knowing the next scene was going to be me kissing my hand, um, practicing kissing a boy. And it was the most mortifying, like four minutes of my life. Oh, I'll, I'll never forget how that felt sitting at a desk with 14 other kids watching me kiss my hand. Yep. That happened. Oh, I feel for you. That's so embarrassing. Oh, what so a great story. <laughs> 
Um, and then Lacey, I have to fangirl question. Um, do you, are you still in touch with your TV siblings? Obviously, yes. Matthew Box, Scott Wolf, and F Campbell also went on to do a lot after Party of Five. Are you guys still connected? Yes. You know what? We're forever connected. We're forever family. We're so close. I mean, it's, it's, I, and, and sometimes time, you know, more time goes by than you mean to when, before you connect. And it's like, whenever we connect, it's like no time is lost. Oh. But yeah. Now that we all have kids and, it's been really nice to connect as parents and, you know, as grown ups and grow up together. And yeah, I love them all so much. Well, Lacey, <clears throat> post that show in 2004, you like really solidified a pop culture cult following for yourself by portraying Gretchen Wieners in the movie Mean Girls. Um, I think, were you, do you have a story about that stuff? Am I remembering? Oh, Allie and I were both at the premiere in Los Angeles of Mean Girls. <laughs> that is another crazy. fun little connection here. Yeah. It's a, I love that our paths continued to cross until they were like really meant to cross. And like yes. we, were, we were destined to be. Right. I love that about you guys. I know. And now that movie, like to this day, is just pen it's just penetrated pop culture, right? I My daughter loves that movie. Aww. My daughter loves it. She's like, I'm um, trying to make fetch happen. Mom. <laughs> like, well, oh my God, mom, Allie. Listen, listen, kid. That's my line. <laughs> well, so for you, like, did you have any idea that it was going to connect with people that way? Be such a hit, people would still be quoting lines from it. And, you know, Mean Girls Day, October 3rd, so many ways that it's influenced the culture. No way. I mean, I knew that it felt really good. We were having so much fun. We were in Toronto. We were filming. We had lots of days off. We'd hang out together. Like it was, it, you know, we'd go to set and the hardest part of the day was not laughing when we weren't supposed to be laughing because everyone was just <laughs> so funny, you know, and especially when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler came on and did their scenes, like just so funny. And it just felt really good. Mark Waters is an amazing director. I mean, Tina had written this wonderful script, but you never know. You have no idea. You're just in it. And again, it came out and it was like, oh my gosh, this movie's really funny. And everyone seemed to connect with it. And and even then I didn't think that, you know, almost 20 years later, it would have the the life that it's had and people would love it as much as they have. But I it's I think it's, you know, it's because she wrote a wonderful script and it there's so many universal themes in that movie that just hold up throughout the years. And characters you can really identify with. You you know that girl, you know, each of the characters, you're like, oh, that's that girl in my school. Mm -hmm. Totally. But what a fun ever, experience. Do you ever find yourself wearing pink on Wednesdays and have a moment of like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I accidentally will find myself wearing it on Wednesdays and it is pointed out to me all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, and I'm like, no, this wasn't planned. This wasn't on purpose or I'm not. And they're like, it's Wednesday. You're not wearing <laughs> You can't win. That's right. Um, now, Lacey, something that was also part of your career at the time and before that was voiceover work. So how did you get into doing that? To be very honest, when I was young, I mean, I still have a high pitched voice, but when I was young, I had a really high pitched voice and I went through a, a time, you know, in my teenage years where my voice was kind of very slow to change as one's voice typically does. And I was really made fun of for it. And it was like a thing that made me feel very vulnerable. And, and you know, one of those things that, you know, you feel embarrassed by as you're changing through the years. And I quickly changed my perspective on that when I started doing a whole lot of voiceover work, <laughs> you know, and I right. Cause you go, can play the younger roles and, yeah. and it's always better to hire people who are a little older, who can have the more responsibility and more dialogue, but they sound young. So I bet you were working all the time. Yeah, it was, it was just so much fun because it was like an opportunity to play something you never play on camera, you know, because you can change your voice and it doesn't have anything to do with how you look physically. And I started the wild thornberries when I was about 13 and using my regular voice. And then my voice did start to change. So all of a sudden I had to do a voice to still sound the same, you know, when we were doing the show years later, what a special show that was so many good messages. And it's something that my daughter watches now. But yeah, this closet that I'm talking to you guys from for this podcast, I do a lot of voiceover work in. And, you know, when we were all shut down in 2020 during the pandemic, I got myself a nice setup in the closet and it was so nice to have a creative escape and to be able to continue to work and do voiceover work from home. And it's it's something that I hope will always be a part of my career because I really enjoy it. Well, you both wound up in such a strong association with Hallmark. And in 2010, Lacey, you did your first, which was Elevator Girl. So could you have imagined that 13 years later, you would still be so connected with the network? 
I mean, no, <laughs> I, I feel like the answer to all of these questions is, is just no, because you just never know. You know, you've done I've done some projects that I thought would be better received than they were. And I've done some that totally took me by surprise. And it's just why I just try to have fun every day and appreciate every little thing, because you never know what's going to happen. But um, I did Elevator Girl. It was a lovely experience. And I thought, oh my gosh, if they ever call again, I'd love to work for them again. And you know, the next thing I did was a Christmas movie. And then it was a while before I worked again with Hallmark. And all of a sudden it was became a more regular thing. And, and I, here we are 35 movies later. And I, I <laughs> enjoyed every single one of them. And I have such excitement for what we have coming up. And the fact that they let us do this trilogy, I wanted to work with Ali so much and Autumn and the fact that they let us do this first trilogy. And then it was again, so well-received that they said, Hey, you know what, let's see if the story can continue and let's do it again. And, you know, now we've made six movies together and it's just been a joyful experience. And I, I'm just so thankful. Like, honestly, I'm so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Allie, your first Hallmark movie was in 2013. You had a very familiar co-star in Greg Vaughn, who plays your twin brother, Eric on days. Um, what do you remember? But luckily we did the movie first <laughs> right. and played love interest. But, and we talked about it that day because he actually found out he got the job to play Eric while we were filming that movie. Um, and so, and he of course was like ever so handsome on general hospital before that. So I was like psyched to be working with Greg Vaughn. And then I found out he was going to be playing my brother, Eric. And all I could say, I was like, I'm so glad we did this movie first because it would be so weird <laughs> to be playing siblings and then have like under any, so it's just weird. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. So it worked out in the, in the way it was meant to, but it was really fun to do that first movie with Hallmark. And I'm going to jump ahead and assume the answer, the question you were going to ask. And the answer is the same as Lacey. It's like, you just don't see things that way. Like you're not, first of all, when you're in it, you're just trying to like do the best you can in that moment. But also like as actors, I think in general, it's really not wise to imagine the future of like, oh, this is going to be a big hit and it's all going to work out. Like you just think to yourself like, wow, I just can't believe I have this opportunity and I'm going to be grateful for it. And um, every time, every next pitch I have at Hallmark, I'm like, I can't believe I get to make another one. And then when Lacey approached me about the wedding veil, I, I was just so excited. I can't even say enough, even just to like hang out and have lunch with you, Lacey. I was like, Oh my God, this is so fun. We're just like, not at a work thing. We're just having lunch at Hugo's. Like it was just awesome. Was the and then, and then the idea, I have to be honest, I didn't think it would really happen. Like you had this big idea of like us being, and I was like, how is, how are they going to make that happen? Is homework really going to, I don't know. Like it just seemed such a big idea and you made it happen. And I, I will ever be so impressed at you for doing this, pulling this all together. It's a big deal. It's a big Aww. deal. I don't think people realize like it's a lot. Oh, thanks, Allie. It's a team effort. There's am- like amazing. <laughs> yes, you, you brought a great team. And like, it's, yes. it's, not, it's not just me. I get to be publicly the part of the face of it, but it it's a huge effort on everybody's part. And, and I was so excited they took the leap, you know, and like yeah. they were continuing to tell stories um, that have the same goodness and warmth and, you know, happiness and hopefulness that you want from Hallmark, but a little bit more outside of the box. And for, you know, Wedding Veil was an example of that, that it was a little bit more about the friendships and how these women affect each other's lives. And I, and uh, the fans and the yes. fans responded to it so well that they wanted three more. Like that's the payoff, right? Like that we took a chance and took a risk and hoped that the fans would think that way. And then they did. And, and now we got to do three more. Like that's amazing. Yeah, and your movie that's coming up this weekend. I mean, when everyone gets to go to Greece, you're so amazing. Oh. You're so funny oh. and charming. You and Victor are so good together. And it's just a beautiful movie. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it. 
Um, well, Lacey, tell us the genesis of the project because it was you're the one who drove the bus here. So how did it all come to be? <laughs> um, well, Beth Grossbard um, and I had worked together on other projects and she and um, the Berg sisters, who are our writers, um, brought this idea to me. We had lunch together and I had been searching for a project where I could be in a movie, hopefully with other women from the network, because so many fans over the years had said, you know, will you guys ever do something together? Will there be some sort of crossover? Will there? And we had been looking for that project. Are we sisters? Are we friends? Like, and I had like, there were some contenders and I had some ideas and then they told me this story and it just immediately, I was like, that's it. Like when yeah. I feel something really deep in my gut and I know that's it, there may be a lot of obstacles and hurdles to get it done, but typically that's the right thing to fight for, you know, when it just feels so right. And I was like, not only is it about the friendship, but it's obviously beautiful, sweeping romantic stories. And there's a travel movie, which I love. Mm -hmm. And I had had the opportunity to do a few of those with Hallmark already. So I was like, you know, someone else should do this first one. And you know, I'll do the one in Canada. And like, we just like started putting this whole big puzzle together. And I, uh, we took it to Hallmark and on the spot, they said, this is a great idea. Let's do this. And as I'm so thankful that we got that, yes. And it took a while in development, writing scripts, retooling scripts, working on everyone's schedule. We were ready to go. And then the year 2020 hit. And so <laughs> there was a bit of a stall as everyone can imagine. And it seemed like an insurmountable uh, problem trying to get all of our schedules together. Because obviously, Ali and Autumn are super busy doing other things with the network and other things in their career. And it just somehow magically was meant to be. And it all worked out. And now we've done, you know, six movies. So, so crazy. The Autumn that you're referring to is Autumn Reeser for anyone who might not know. So tell us about the dynamic that uh, developed among the three of you on set, this bestie dynamic. I mean, well, I'll jump in and say that yeah. um, I, I think it was so awesome and fun. And I don't know how much you knew this, Lacey, from when you approached Autumn, but like that all three of us really fit into the, our roles like quite accurately. So it's perfect that we're not sisters. Like it's great that we're friends who are so different and choose to be best friends and choose to be there for each other the way that it's written in the script. And, and in some ways in real life, like we do offer those three different characters, like in that dynamic translates into real life also, I guess is what I would want to say. And so um, we've had so many times when we were filming, we're, we're like having a glass of wine after work and totally connecting and bonding and as moms and working moms and working women, like just sharing ideas and um, stories and having a good time together. It's, it's been a dream for me. No, oh, me too. I mean, we were all friends or knew each other in different ways beforehand, but now obviously we're so much closer as we've gone on this real adventure together, especially when you travel and you're on location. Yeah. I don't think people understand like, it's literally like camp because you're like eating meals together. You're staying up late talking together. It's like being at sleepaway camp in the best way. And yeah. I mean, I did a, you know, parent teacher conference for my first time on zoom with the teacher. And I'm like asking you guys for advice during the day. And I'm all nervous. And how do I read the report card? And, you know, family problems and, you know, child raising questions. And like, it's so nice to have like a real support system in these other two women. And we make each other laugh and we love our wine nights after work. And like, it's just, a, it's a really joyful experience. Well, what does it mean to you that these movies have resonated so much with the audience that you got another order for another three? Like, clearly there's something here that's working that we're seeing on this side of it as well. I mean, for me, it just feels really good. You know, I, I we put these things out into the world and put our hearts into them and really hope that people are going to enjoy it and put a little bit of good back into the world. And I just appreciate the support so much. And um I'm, I'm excited, you know, for everyone to see the movie this weekend and to hear what everyone thinks. And, you know, we read a lot of the feedback um, as much as we can on social media. And like it, it really, when we're live tweeting, like that's really us doing that. And it, it, it means a lot to, to hear your feedback. Some is kinder than others, but, <laughs> <laughs> but for the but most it, part, everyone's so supportive and like, it's, it means the world. I, it also is something I really think about while we're filming, because when, 
we read their tweets, especially when we're live tweeting, like sometimes they'll quote a certain line or they'll notice a certain outfit or a certain reaction. And it's so satisfying because you're like, oh, I worked so hard for that. Or, oh, like that was just an accident. I, we didn't even mean to do that or whatever. You know, like we think about all the things that went into making these moments happen and to get the feedback from the fans live, like while it's happening or, you know, over the next week or so, like you just... I, that I really take that forward with me. I started doing that from days actually. Like I love reading fans reaction, even the harsh, harsh ones sometimes are useful. Um, (laughs) if they're well-intended, um, because it does serve you, like then you're making the next movie and you're thinking like, Oh, they really love it when our characters did this or whatever. Like you can really, uh, and the same, and it is true. Like we didn't have as many scenes together in the first three movies. It was like sort of a few hits. Right. And the fans loved the connection between the three of us. And so you made a special point, Lacey, in the next three to make it more interactive. Like the, you guys were there with me in Greece for over a week. Right. I mean, it was like yeah. eight days. I, that It was so great. And I think the fans really responded to that. And, um, or I mean the fan response allowed us to write it or include it more in the second three, which is, you know, how it should be. And you don't always get that chance when you do a TV movie, right? <laughs> to like apply the notes to the second. Yeah. Yeah, moment. exactly. But you know what? I had, that's to Hallmark's credit. They really listen to the fans. They're loyal fans of the movies and they really allow us to have a creative voice in the process too, which is something I'm really grateful for. So how did you find out that you were going to go back in for three more? Um, we had a meeting <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, we, we just said it was kind of a unanimous like decision. Let's move forward with, with continuing to see what happens in these stories. And the part of it that excited me the most was, and I've said this a lot talking about the movies, but I'll say it again. It, it's, you know, the, the movie typically ends with Hallmark on the kiss or the wedding And then it's like, you're left wanting more. Like what happens with them in the relationship? What are they like as a married couple? What are they, what are they going through? I want to see them in love now. And so I was so excited that in all three movies, we were able to explore that um, with the characters and catch up where they are in their marriage and, and, and then see how this next chapter of life has affected the friendships as well. What I like is that between the first and the second movie that the baby, the baby came, like, I was like, is, you know, is your character going to be pregnant throughout the whole three? And then I'm like, Oh wait, no time has passed. Now there's a baby. <laughs> like, like it just that yeah. felt satisfying in its own way as well. And in, in, in a way that I probably couldn't have told you it would have before I watched it. Oh, I love and it. there's another passage of time before the movie that premieres this Saturday too. So you'll get a little more like, Everyone's grown up a little. All right. Well, let's talk about that movie. Tracy and Nick are finally going on their honeymoon in the wedding veil journey. So first of all, you all got to go to Greece, as you've mentioned. How was that experience? Oh my gosh. It was incredible. It's so beautiful there. I'd never been to a Greek island before. So it was also sort of fun because it was like, maybe wouldn't have been something I would have sought out. Um, And it was just, as Lacey said, like there's the fun of being together with everyone, you know, Lacey, like Beth and I, the producer that Lacey mentioned earlier, and I flew out there together on on the same flight. And so we traveled together, you know, like the amazing race style, like through the airports, trying to figure out where to go. Um, So you have all that fun too, but like this island was so beautiful and all the locations that we filmed it were spectacular and uh it it just it just was an incredible experience like I I sort of it doesn't even seem real it really doesn't it was and oftentimes you know sometimes we're pretending places are places that yeah to be and so the fact that we actually did get to go to Greece for almost half of the movie it, it or more than that um was just incredible I mean one at one point you know, they dropped us off um, at set, which is just this beautiful road, <laughs> you know, and they picked us up in a golf cart. We have no idea really where we're going. We've seen pictures, but you just doesn't do it justice. And we are on this like cliffside going up on the golf cart, hold it on. And we get to the Acropolis and we're filming in a place that they've never filmed a movie before. And we are just, I mean, all of us have tears in our eyes. It's just so beautiful. And you can't believe like, this is really my job today. This is my office today. What a blessed experience. We took 900 million photos. <laughs> but the best one is had... Victor's. Yes. I'm like so embarrassed to post this, but I think we have to now. <laughs> he has a video of us, unbeknownst to us. He's videoing us, right? 
And we're all going wild trying to take like the most amazing photographs. We're photographing each other, just running around this place. And he's like, look at this, influencers in the wild. It is so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so funny because we were just so excited. We're all talking so... together. Everyone has tears in their oh, eyes. Like, I can't believe yeah. it. We were like, oh my God, where are we right now? And he's just like, like, yeah, National Geographic shooting us. Like, it was really amazing though. It deserved it. But when you go on these... um these these shows that you know take the audience abroad like i i always say like i want them to feel like they're there with us and you know the place where you are becomes a character in the movie and yeah you know you have to show it off as much as possible and it it's it's i think that the whole crew and ron oliver our director did a wonderful job of, of portraying that and oh my gosh there your were... wardrobe in this movie oh Abby, your wardrobe is like stunning like you oh, i'm so glad just look so amazing in every single frame and Gerilyn, our costume designer, always does a wonderful job, but it it was fun to see Tracy on vacation. But she did a great job, like making each woman so different. All our characters are so unique and giving them each, you know, a real life. That was really cool. But I want to go back to the locations for a second because it's so funny. We shot one day in this place called Anthony Quinn Bay, and it's up on kind of a cliff. And it was the most beautiful bay that you're looking out over. And we had these scenes, you know, at, at the end of the movie, a little toast that we do and um, some other kind of key moments in the movie. But that was where we're located. And um, I um, had to, but but Lacey and Autumn and I were all dressed up in these beautiful dresses uh, for a reason I don't want to give away. And um, so, but we looked down and there's a beach down below and there's these like rickety, like dangerous looking stairs. And the three of us, like without even hesitating, we were like, but we have to take a picture down there. And so like in between scenes and normally like you're tired in between scenes and we're wearing these fancy dresses and we just want to like sit still and not get in the way and like blah, blah, blah. No, the three of us like take off and start like jetting down the stairs. We kick our heels off. We're like running and the producers are chasing after us. Like, be careful. What are you doing? Where are you going? Um, and then when they saw like what the photos we were getting, the camera, the photographer they had hired, like was running down after us to get these photos. Dave came down and was like, I'll take the pictures. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was so funny, um, you know, because we were like, we have to take every possible angle of these this, this location. Oh, it was so messy. we love uh, Allie, that you're working with Victor Webster, who was Nicholas on Days in this film. So did you cross paths with him uh, a lot? Like, you know, when he was on Days? Oh, um, no, we didn't really work together when he was on Days. But it was really funny because I remember his story, I guess maybe because I work with Lauren Coslow a lot. Like, I remember his story sort of clearly. Also, Mara, I like to say that I, I really know my Days of Our Lives history. Uh, so anyway, I was like giving him a lot of like asking him about it. And he really doesn't remember that. Like he wasn't on for very long. But in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, like we had a really nice sort of evening talking about John Aniston that was really like, especially being in Greece. I mean, my God, we were like just giving him, we had a toast to him one night and telling stories to everybody else about like what a pro he was and how funny he was. And I, I think I bore, I told everyone like one of his famous jokes, um, that he would like enrapture the whole crew with, um, and, uh, but like, it was just fun. It was fun to reminisce about that. We're going to put you to the test. Lacey, you had 35 movies for Hallmark. How many of them can you name? Okay. Um, okay. Is there like a time clock? I got nervous right away. No, okay. I'm not putting you on the clock. I'm going to do my best. Okay. okay. Elevator Girl, Matchmaker Santa, Color of Rain, A Royal Christmas, All of My Heart, A Christmas Melody, um, All of My Heart 2, All of My Heart 3. There were five crosswords. Um, love, romance, and chocolate. Love on safari. Uh, six wedding veils. I mean, you know, just six wedding veils. We don't need the actual time. Yeah, right? yeah. We know. We get it. <laughs> we'll give you that. Um. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Um. My secret Valentine. The sweetest Christmas. Um. A wish for Christmas. I was pregnant in that one. Uh. How many? Oh, wow, you're doing great. You're doing really well. There's a winter in a winter in Vale, of course. Um. Sweet Carolina. Mm-hmm. Haul out the holly. Haul out the holly. Yes, the most recent. <laughs> that was so um, funny. I think that's about it. Right? Hey, you're, you're, that, that's a pretty solid if I had checked them off to have them in a list. Um, Allie, you're next. 
Oh, geez. You I have that many. I think you have 25. That's a oh. lot. It's hard to remember the title. That's really good, Lacey. Um, <laughs> all right. So some of them, sometimes they change title, which is tricky. This the, I knew it as Radio Hype, but it became Love on the Air. Um, the one I did with Greg changed title three times. I think it's now called Second Chances. Is that right? Uh, then I did um, Five Murder She Baked, and now it's called Hannah Swenson. So there was uh, one Hannah Swenson, um, Five Chronicle Mysteries, um, and I did uh, Christmas at Holly Lodge, uh, Open by Christmas. <laughs> Um, what was the one last year? Was, um, um, a magical, uh, magical Christmas village. Um, and oh, I, uh, you're, you're, you know what? You, you got them pretty good. You did. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. That was stressful. Yeah, that was stressful. Now I got, now I have more titles in my head, but you know what? I can't ever remember. And this is, do you relate to this? I, I can all, unless I've played it for more than one movie. I never remember my character's name. I feel like once I rap, I'm like, she's done. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the end. Right. That's why the wedding veil is like, you know, so present because you have to play it again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or like Jenny and all of my heart. We've done that multiple times. Or, you know, it's it's funny. But it was funny because for some reason, also sometimes people's names stay with you more. So like Luke uh, and I worked together on the last one, Christmas Village, but like his character's name does not stay in my mind. So I'm like, Luke McFarlane's character, you know, I mean, Luke, right? Like for what's his character's name? I can't. I, and, and even when we were filming the scenes, I'd be like, oh my God, did I say his character's name or his real name? Because <laughs> I can't, sometimes the names don't stay with me. So Allie, I noticed on your social media that you are doing something very special tomorrow night, which is a days related giveaway. Can, can you tell us all about it? Okay. So it was so funny how this worked out, but Dave and I have been cleaning out the attic, which is a big undertaking. We've been in that house a long time. And I came across, you know, all sorts of stuff randomly from the last, you know, decade and a half of my life that I put in there, but uh, some days were live scripts. Um, and I was so excited to find them and they're autographed, I should say autographed days are live scripts. And I was so excited to find them and they had so many great names on them from, you know, back in the day. And so I decided to do a little giveaway with the live tweeting on Saturday night for all the fans who tune in because actually it's sort of funny, um, you know, especially with Victor uh, doing the show with me, like a lot of days fans tune in and watch these movies also. So I wanted to celebrate that. And so I have a little days of our lives, Ali Sweeney giveaway from things I found <laughs> in my attic to, uh, to share with some of the fans who tweet with me using the hashtag the wedding bill. And they can get one of those scripts. Oh yeah. Hold on. This is really important because I have it right here. The scripts I have are from Thursday, July 27th, 2006. Ooh. And uh, some of the cast that I have on here is Sammy, EJ, John, Austin, Carrie, Lucas, Billy, Chelsea, Marlena, Kate, Sean, Mimi, Philip, Belle, Lexi, Maggie. So that's the kind of fun classic autograph script. Nothing but get. the hits, I that's say. Right. Yeah, right. It's a fabulous collection. So everyone needs to. Uh, tweet along with you, and then you're going to pick some lucky uh, winners of these scripts. Is that how it's yes. going to Okay. That's exactly how it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I would love to just chat with everyone while we're watching and, uh, and enjoying the movie. Awesome. Love that. Well, we can't wait. And again, thank you both so much for being here and spending so much time with us. As I've made it very clear, I love the movies. If people listening haven't watched them yet, well, it is a gift coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll do like a whole marathon leading up to the premiere of the new one Saturday night. My parents watch them all each week. So <laughs> feel free. Thank you both so much for joining us. This was such a great chat. Everyone needs to watch um, The Wedding Veil Journey. Oh, so nice being here. Hope you guys enjoy the movie. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Allison Sweeney and Lacey Chabert for being our guests. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs>